I'm excited to start on talking about the Holy Spirit. Yes. All right, well, I'm going to pray one more time. You ready? I think we can pray enough. Father, we thank you for your word. And like Julie was saying, we ask right now for you to expand our capacity to receive what you want to say tonight. Father, that we can see clearly, Father, that you've given us the person of the Holy Spirit to abide on the inside of us, Father, to live with us, to walk with us, to teach us. Father, we thank you that we, want, we will not live this lifetime without acknowledging and cooperating and yielding with the person of the Holy Spirit. So, Father, we thank you. We open up our heart to you tonight to show us things, to reveal things by your Spirit tonight, Father. And so, Father, we thank you. We thank you. We have eyes to see, hearts to receive, Father, and clarity from your word tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And as I was preparing to talk about um, the Holy Spirit, I really um, wanted to start off and talk about, you know, the deity and the personhood of the Holy Spirit. There's many things we're going to be talking about over this year on the third Wednesday. We're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit reveals truth, the Holy Spirit's ministry to the world, being led by the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and benefits of praying in tongues. So there's many different things that we're going to be talking about. But I thought laying a foundation of who he is before we get into how we walk with him. And you know you can talk with him. If he's our teacher, if he's our comforter, if he is to us like Jesus was to the disciples, um, we're, we should have a relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit. He is not some mystical form. He's not some, you, you know, when people identify and people say, well, I know God. People think, oh, that's a really good person. Some people say, well, I know Jesus. And they think, well, that person is very religious. And then some people say, well, I um, am filled with the Holy Spirit. They think those people are fanatical. When really, we should be walking with him and talking with him every day. You do not pray to the Holy Spirit. Jesus gave us clear direction. We have talked about this in our prayer times. We pray to the Father in the name of Jesus, being led by the Holy Spirit through our prayer times. And knowing the operation of who we serve and knowing God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, I think is really important. And so laying this foundation before we get into you know, how we're so blessed of all the benefits. You know, thank God we get to pray in an unknown tongue, the very perfect will of God. Thank God for all these blessings. 
But it's very important to know our relationship with the third person of the Godhead is very, very important. So I wanted to start at that point in our study as we begin this, um, as we start out this year, and talking about the deity and personhood of the Holy Spirit. Now, you have to understand we are scratching the surface we can't get in and dig all the, the Greek and Hebrew and all this, but you can do this um, in your own study. And I pray that you're bringing a notepad and pen or your phone and writing down um, these, these scriptures. But the one thing we need to know, the first thing is the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, who is Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. I love how the Bible opens and closes, and it talks about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. You will always see throughout the Bible, woven through the Bible, that ministry comes forth out from the Father, through the Son, Jesus, and manifest through the Holy Spirit. And as we read scriptures, you're going to see it so, so, so clear. In Genesis 1-2, we see, Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness covered the surface of the watery depths. And the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, was hovering over the surface of the water. He's always been. God the Father has always been. God the Son has always been. They have always been. You see him mentioned in Revelations twenty-two seventeen. 17. It says, both the Spirit and the bride say, Come. You will always see the operations throughout the Bible of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Sometimes you will hear mentioned that we are in the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. That means the Holy Spirit is here on the earth, present, ministering to this world. But don't you ever doubt that God the Father is not working and God the Son is not working. God the Father is on the throne. Jesus Christ the Son is at his right hand. And the Holy Spirit is on this earth drawing all men to the Son to confess him, Jesus, as Lord. So I want to mention some things to just declare to you, yes, he is God. The Holy Spirit is the third part of the Godhead. He is God. He is omnipresent. He is everywhere. Thank God he can be with us at all times. We can see that so clearly in Psalms 139, verse 7 through 8. It says, where could I go from your spirit? Where could I run and hide from your face? If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go to the realm of the dead, 
you're there too. The Holy Spirit, he. You see, I'm using personal pronouns. He is not an it. He is a person. He has emotions. We're going to get into that. He has a mind, a will, and emotions. He can be grieved. And let me tell you what. He is not a dove. He came in form of a dove, as a symbol of a dove. We're going to get into some symbol, how he is symboled as a dove. And we're not going to get into that now because we've got so much to cover. But we're going to talk about how the Holy Spirit can be grieved. He is eternal. He is without beginning and he is without end. He has always been. Hebrews 9, 14. I love this. Oh, we see so clearly our new covenant. Thank God we do not have to have an offering with lambs or, or bulls or goats. Thank God we don't have to do that. I thank God we are in the new covenant. In verse 14, it says, How much more will the blood of Christ through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God the Father, cleanse our consciences from dead works so that we can serve a living God. He is eternal. He is God. He is omniscience. He knows everything. That's why he can teach us. That's why he can show us things to come. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 10, it says, Now God has revealed these things to us by the Spirit. Since the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God, for who knows a person's thoughts except his Spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Have you ever just been going to... He works so supernaturally natural. The most spiritual people I know are the most natural people I know. I'm talking about just normal everyday life where he just, call, he just puts on your heart to call and check on someone. And they really needed that encouragement that day. Or maybe in your travels, I'll never forget. This is when my kids were still in school and I was going to their school one day. And there were two turning lanes. And I just had this knowing on the inside of me to get in the right lane versus the left lane. And to go a little bit slower. Why, why would I? I wouldn't just come up with that in my own understanding. And so I did it. And it just so happened a car was flying and just totally rammed the car in front of me and, and T-boned the car. I'm talking being led by the Spirit of God. He is omnipotent. He has unlimited power. 
Genesis 1-2, we read that, where he hovered over the depths of the water. The Holy Spirit is the agent that causes things to come into existence. He's the one that hovered over Mary and caused a supernatural conception to happen. He's the one that hovered over Jesus and raised Jesus from the dead. And the scripture said, that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead now dwells on the inside of every believer. Don't ever let the enemy lie to you that you're alone. When you confess Jesus as Lord... The Spirit of God is on the inside of you. And we're going to get into the baptism of the Holy Spirit where he comes upon you as well, the second act of grace. And that comes with a purpose to be empowered to serve and be a witness for the kingdom of God. It comes with a responsibility. Number two... One thing we need to understand is God is three persons who function as one. There is oneness in the Godhead. There is unity in the Godhead. And this is what you need to know. Everything proceeds out of the Father. It is administered by the Son, Jesus, and manifested through the Holy Spirit. They have one purpose they have one operation, they have one mind, and they have one function. 1 John 5, 7 says, For there are three that bear witness in heaven. The Father, the Word, who we know is Jesus, made manifest in the flesh, Scripture says, and the Holy Spirit, these three are one. Deuteronomy 6.4 says, Hear, O Israel, our Lord, our God, the Lord is one. Now, this is what's interesting about the word one. The word one can be used as two different things. It can be used as one object. This is one podium. This is one computer. Or it could mean oneness or singleness through union they were on one accord or they were of one opinion or they were in one agreement that's a oneness um, when you do a Hebrew study on the Lord being one God understand this the word for God the word is Elohim. And the word Elohim is a uni, uniplural noun, which means plurality in unity. We use those words all the time, like team, family, church. There's a plurality in unity, but we use it as like, for example, there was 
one church that voted no, as if one person did it. But no, there was just a plurality of people, but they were all in unity. Do you understand that? Do you get that? This is what I want you to understand. It makes a difference on what you believe, how you believe, and how you operate with God. This is one thing we know. Unless you pray according to the word of God, our prayer is not effective. I want to be effective in my relationship with God. I want to be effective in that. I want to a flow with God and, and operate in him. It, how we believe in the Holy Spirit and how he operates, it affects our relationship and our fellowship with him. The difference of one word makes a difference. Jesus is not a way to heaven. He is the way. It makes a difference on how we believe. And when we break this down and understand it, it's just so easy to grasp like prayer. When we know we go and we approach the Father in prayer and we are led by the Spirit of God to pray things out as we don't know, and then we say, in the name of Jesus, and we pray according to the word of God, we can walk away from that place knowing that our God hears us with much confidence and great expectation. And that's how I want to know and operate and flow with my God. I am so thankful for the relationship of the Holy Spirit. I don't want to walk around on this earth and just ignore that he is in me, that he is with me, that he is leading me. And he will never speak of his own will, but he will only speak of what the Father said. Just like Jesus. Jesus always said that to the disciples. I only do what my Father, I only do what I see my Father does. I only speak of what I hear my Father say. The same with the Holy Spirit. He will never lead you contrary to the Word of God. And whatever you're being led to do, it will never be contrary to what the Word of God says. Never. It will always line up with what the Word of God says. So if someone comes to you and says that God told them something, and it doesn't line up with the Word of God, God did not tell them that. Absolutely not. You can say an angel appeared to me and it's against what the word of God says. Well, it was an angel of light because it was not of God. Being led by the spirit of God is so easy and so natural and so real. John 17 verse 21 Jesus said, I pray, and he was talking to the Father, I pray that they, talking about the disciples, will all be one as you and I are one. Talking about oneness and plurality and unity. 
as you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. Do you know how important that we as the body of Christ walk in unity and we stop bickering and we stop causing division? That is a true sign that there is a God. Verse 22, I have given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me. I love this. And that you love them as much as you love me. Take a hold of that. God the Father loves you just as much as he loves his son, Jesus. So when you put words against yourself and you put yourself down, you are slapping your heavenly father in the face. You are his creation. You are beloved. You are chosen. You are his. You do belong. You are better than that. Your past does not define you. You are loved. Jesus, in his own words, he's encouraging us in that. That's why it's so important that we build ourselves up on what God says about us. Not what our past, our past teachers, our family, the people we grew up with told us about us. I want God to tell me about me. I want my creator to tell me about me. I don't care how much I've messed up and I've missed it. I can run to a God who will forgive me. And I can stop doing what grieves his heart. I can get it right. I can ask for forgiveness. I can stop doing that. And I can start running to the throne room of grace every single time. He's a good God. Jesus was always making the distinction between the three. All the time, you will see it through scriptures. I want you just to write these scriptures down. We don't have time to go over these tonight. I want you to write John 5, John chapter 5, verse 30. Jesus talks about, I have not come to do my will, but the Father's will. Luke chapter 6 and verse 12, you'll see Jesus always spending time to go to pray to the Father. John chapter 16 and verse 23. Jesus was telling his disciples, so when I go to the Father, disciples, you're no longer going to be asking me anything, but you're going to pray to the Father in my name. You'll find that um, there. And then in John 14, 16, Jesus is also telling disciples, when I leave you, and when I ascend to the Father, I'm not going to leave you here helpless, but I'm going to send you the person of the Holy Spirit. So those are scripture references for the scriptures I was making reference to 
earlier. The three distinctions of the person of the Godhead that function as one, I love, although they're throughout Scripture, I think this is one of my favorite ones, is Matthew chapter 3 and verse 16. And this is at the baptism of Jesus. You see the distinction so clear. And it says, after his baptism, talking about Jesus, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were open, and Jesus saw the Spirit of God descending, keyword, like, like a dove, and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. You see the three operating so distinctly different. Three operations of them. Again, in 2 Corinthians, here's another. It's always good to get two or three witnesses. 2 Corinthians 13, 14. Paul says here, May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God, the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And then in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. I love all of these. I'm, I love the Word of God. Verse 26. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not an it. He is deity. He is God. And he is a person. He is not just a power. He is not just an influence. He is not just a mist. He is not just some mystical force. This was very interesting. And this was just recently. I'm not sure how many of you are familiar with Barna Research Studies. But through the study of Barna Research, they said that 58% of Christians believe that the Holy Spirit is only a symbol of God's presence or power, but not given a living entity. That is so sad. The scripture comes to my mind. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Living powerless in a world that needs to see the presence of God, the love of God, the power of God demonstrated. For the kingdom of God. He is a real being. A.W. Tozer. How many are familiar with A.W. Tozer? He was a wonderful, um, a very influential voice in the 20th century. He's a theologian, a pastor, and author. He quoted this and he said, The idea of the Holy Spirit held by the average church member is so vague, it is that it's nearly non-existence when he thinks of the matter at all. He's very likely to imagine a nebulous substance like a wisp of invisible smoke, which is said to be present in churches 
and to hover over good people when they die. And that's where we are today. That was in the 20th century, and that's where you see by the Barnard study where we seem to still be today. How sad is that? The Holy Spirit, I'm here to tell you, is a person possessing all the attributes of personhood. And the first proof that I want to show you of his personhood is that personal pronouns are used about him. Let's look at John chapter 16 and verse 7. When I read these, if you wouldn't mind, if you'll just speak out the personal pronouns with me, I would appreciate that. Nevertheless, I am telling you the truth. This is Jesus. It is for your benefit, Jesus is telling the disciples, that I go away. Because if I don't go away, the counselor will not come to you. If I go, I will send not a mist, not a dove, not a symbol, not a... He's a person who dwells on the inside of you, the third person of the Godhead, to you. Verse 8, and when comes will convict the world about sin, righteousness, and judgment. Thank God for the influence of the person of the Holy Spirit on this nation and around about this world. He is working and he is drawing people. Oh, thank God for his presence. And he's drawing people to God. Thank God for his presence. And verse 9, and about sin, because they do not believe in me, Jesus said, and about righteousness, because I'm going to the Father, Jesus said, and you will no longer see me. You see the three operating here even. And about judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. Yes, he has. He's defeated and he's a lost, lost, lost. I don't even know what to call him because he's a loser. Verse 12, I still, this is good. Jesus said, I still have so many things to tell you, but you can't bear them now. But when the spirit of truth comes, will guide you into all truth. Are we listening and sensitive every day to what he's saying, to how he's leading. When you go to the word of God, just don't go in and say, I just don't understand. I can't understand. I can't. Your words are working for you. How about go into the word of God and say, Father, I yield to the Holy Spirit right now. And I thank you. I have the teacher on the inside of me. And I yield to you right now, Holy Spirit. Teach me. Show me what I need to see. You can talk to him. You don't pray to him, but you can talk to him. He's your teacher. He's your counselor. We're going to see that. He's your comforter. For will not speak on his own, just like Jesus didn't, but 
will speak whatever hears and will also declare to you what is to come. Will glorify me because will take from what is mine and declare it to you. Everything the Father has is mine. This is why I told you that takes from what is mine and will declare it to you. The Holy Spirit is with you on the inside of you. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead now dwells on the inside of every believer. Glory to God. Are you a little excited that we, we get to walk with him and talk with him? You know, I hear people say, I wish I was back there when, when Jesus walked the earth. He was limited. He, he took a body form, but he was limited in his travels. Now, Jesus said, I need to go so I can send the person of the Holy Spirit. Now he can abide in all of you, and you're going to do greater works than I did. Glory to God. That's why I prayed what we said earlier. God, expand our capacity to receive. Because it's just like, Lord, have mercy. John 14, 15. If you really love me, Jesus said, you'll keep and obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father. And he will give you another comforter. Counselor. He's your helper. He's your intercessor. He's your advocate. He's your strengthener. He's your standby that he may remain with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, welcome, take to heart because it does not see him or know or recognize him but you know and recognize him for he lives with you constantly and will be in you. In verse 26, but the comforter, the counselor, he repeats the helper, the intercessor, the advocate, the strengthener, the standby. This, you have him with you at all times. Whom the Father will send in my place to represent me, to act on my behalf, will teach you all things, and he will cause you to recall and to remind you and to bring to your remembrance everything I have told you. I don't I just thought about this. It is the funniest thing. My son is so literal. I was taking him to school one day. This is how long ago he is. He's getting to turn 26, Lord. And we were going to school, and I was praying. I was like, um, and Holy Spirit, I just ask you to bring back to remembrance everything that the kids have studied for their test they're about to take. And I got done praying, and he said, Mom, wouldn't that be cheating if he gives me the answers? <laughs> and I said, no, son, you've already studied, and he's going to bring back to your remembrance everything that you've put the work in for already. That was just so cute. Uh, it's funny how things just come to your remembrance. All right, so he's our comforter. The word for comforter is paraclete. One who is called to one side to help. 
another of the same kind, just like Jesus was with the disciples. Oh, the Holy Spirit is with us, and we have him at all times. Glory to God. Thank God we have the comforter. Oh, thank God we can have peace in the midst of the storm, that we can look for our peace on the inside. He's with us, he's in us, and he's for us to bring us comfort. Thank God for the comforter. He's our counselor. I thank God we can look to counsel from the outside, godly counsel from the outside. But we have a counselor on the inside. He's our helper. Let me tell you what. He's not your doer. He's not your doer. He won't do it for you, but he will help you. He's not our doer. We are responsible. When we become a Christian, we have a responsibility to obey and be disciples. <laughs> Somebody was telling a story. A lady called upstairs to her husband and said, John, what you doing? He said, nothing. Called up to the son and said, what are you doing, son? What are you doing up there? He said, helping dad. <laughs> The Holy Spirit is not your doer. He is the helper of what you do. He's your helper. And he will only help you of what he leads to do. All of, make sure we're doing what God says to do, and it's not just the good thing, but it's a God thing. I think we stress ourselves out too much when we're doing too many good things but it's not a God-led thing. He will not just confirm what you believe, but he will confirm his word. He will not just help your vision for your life come to pass, but it will be his vision for your life that he will help you with. He's our intercessor. Romans 8, 16 the Spirit himself testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children. In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness because we do not know what to pray for as we should. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with inexpressible groanings. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. He is our advocate, one who gives counsel. Thank God for a counsel of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our communicative link between us and God. Thank God. For that, he is our strengthener. Thank God, for greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Ephesians 3:16. May he grant you out of the rich treasury of his glory to be strengthened and reinforced with the mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit himself. 
indwelling your innermost being and personality. And he, lastly, is our standby. At all times, he's there. But I tell you what he will not do is he will not intrude. He will not force his way in. He is a gentleman, but he's just on standby. He's waiting. He's waiting for you to ask for his help. He's waiting. He's on standby. He's ready at all times. Are we taking time to listen? Are we yielding to him? Man, aren't you thankful for the person of the Holy Spirit. He is with you. He is for you. Do you know him? To know the Father, to know the Son, and to know the person of the Holy Spirit, and to not just dismiss the person of the Holy Spirit and put him off like he is just some experience or he is just tongues and he is not. He is the third part of the Godhead. And he is there to be our helper at all times. And I encourage you to make sure that you are aware of his indwelling. Because he's for you. God didn't leave us here helpless. You are equipped, you are empowered to be an overcomer. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. We are so grateful. God, we thank you that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to pay the price that we can now even have this relationship with you. God, may we see more than ever before of becoming to know you in greater measure, Father, our purpose in life. God, we are not helpless, that we are not orphans. But Father, when your son paid that great price, and when he arose from the dead, and now your Holy Spirit has been given to indwell every believer, Father, we thank you. May we not take it for granted. What you have given us, Father, with your word, with your spirit, God, forgive us for complaining. Forgive us, Father, for not embracing all of you, Father. And God, we thank you. We thank you, Father, for expanding our capacity to receive greater understanding. And we thank you, Father, that we will be aware of your presence by the person of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us that will cause us 
to watch how we walk and talk and live our life with purpose every day. God, I call every person blessed watching online and in this house that, God, we are truly your disciples, hungering and thirsting for more of you. And for this, we give you all the honor and the glory and the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Glory.